Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and I'm so excited that you're here with me today. And I am incredibly excited about my guest, Louisa Mathis. Louisa is a dear, dear friend. She is on staff at Gateway Church in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. She's a worship leader, pastor, content creator, anointed woman of God who loves Jesus and his people with a deep, deep passion. And I'm just so excited you get to hear from her today. This is an important conversation. She has a lot of stories she can tell, but I particularly wanted her to tell the story of her journey with the church. She grew up in the church. She uh, was in leadership. She saw hard, hurtful things, people that she loved being mistreated and uh, walked away from the church for a time. And Jesus met her in that place and brought healing and restoration. I think this is timely. There's a lot of people who have left the church, offended, hurt, seen things that they don't agree with, and walking away and stepping into isolation or looking for a faith that is made in their own image. And God is bigger than that. And so I just think this is a really powerful conversation. Also, just a side note, a lot of people have been enjoying the Choose Dwell Meditation episode, uh, season four, episode two. And I just want you to know the rest of those meditations are available for free wherever you stream your music. So you can click the link in the episode notes to access those, or you can just go to Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, wherever you get your music, and search Gina Stockton. Dwell will pop up, and uh, just spend some time with Jesus, and he's going to meet you there. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the sacred space. Hi, Louisa. Hey there. Welcome. (laughs) I can't believe I'm sitting across from you. I'm so excited. You and I have some history. It's been a while, though, since we've hung out. We haven't been in the same space together what five five years five years yeah. and um, we've led worship together mm-hmm. you worked for norm and <laughs> the art of groove and all of his yeah. stuff we so many dvds served so, so many, many bubble mailing packages. for those of you who don't know what dvds are <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just yeah you help watch my kids you like so much sister daughter friend and you I'm, walked me through some dark seasons, for mm, sure. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. Here and, we are. Um, I'm super. I'm a grown up. You're a grown up. <laughs> oh my gosh, amazing. So barely. You yeah. No, I didn't mean yeah. <laughs> I was I was saying yeah about something else, guys. I wasn't saying yeah about that statement. No. Gosh, there's gonna be a lot of squirrels in this conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get ready. But that's okay. Get your rifle. Um, <laughs> so you are a deep well, a deep well spiritually, uh, relationally. You are one of the most talented people I know. And you've been through a lot. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, God has a call and an anointing on your life. Mm-hmm. He's positioned you and uh, given you authority in a lot of different areas. And the last several years, you've been the choir pastor at Gateway church uh, which is an enormous church behemoth of a church in texas (laughs) which is appropriate because the state is an enormous behemoth 
thing. You did that for a long time. You're just now transitioning more into content creation and doing some other things. But there's so many things we can talk about. And we've, we've talked a little bit since I've been here about all of the possibilities. But before we get into all these rabbit trails that mm-hmm. we could go down and, and they can be, and they would be important rabbit trails. I would love to start with your story and you can go as far back as you want. I okay. love your upbringing actually is pretty amazing. <laughs> and I'll, it's one word for it. <laughs> no, no, it, it, is. it is. So I would I love, love for you too. to talk, give a little history about yourself, yeah. first of all, where you come from. And then our journeys kind of intersected at a pretty crazy time and in time in ministry for both of us really yeah we walked through some pretty crazy things Mm -hmm. um on staff well I wasn't even on staff yet but I may as well have been yeah we were like volunteer staff um we walked through some pretty crazy stuff and that had a huge impact on you on your faith Mm -hmm. journey and your walk but uh yeah so I'll stop talking so yeah wherever you want to start okay so we'll go back to the fun things I was I was raised in a in a faith driven home. Yeah, um, a very real. I saw my parents have actual walking relationship with the Lord. Yeah, and um, it was never not real to me. That's always been. I don't. I don't know of a time when I did not see authentic faith being lived. Yeah, but we lived on the road, and my parents, my sister, and I traveled and sang in churches yeah, across the United States <laughs> in an RV, um, in a motorhome. And my first, yeah. Your dad looked like Wolfman Jack, for, for sure. those of you who are old enough to know that reference. Yep. And your mom kind of looked like Wonder Woman. Linda Carter, yeah. yeah totally. Absolutely. The hair, the, 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 the so beautiful coif. Paint that picture in your head. Yeah. Linda Carter and Wolfman Jack <laughs> in an RV with their two kids. So that's Singing. my childhood. Singing. Yeah. Till I was, I think... About six. I think it was around six when we stopped. Five or six, somewhere in between there. So really, when people ask me, where are you from? I don't always know what to say because my first home, like when I think of my childhood home, I think of this motor home hmm. that really didn't stay anywhere for very long. Yeah. And I have great, great memories of that. It uh, shaped me in a lot of ways, just learning to be friendly right off the bat and be friends with whoever's in front of you Yeah, right. <laughs> and be ready to move on. <laughs> Which is kind of sad in some ways, but also really awesome. And we moved a lot growing up um, from one ministry opportunity to another. And so church and like I have so many memories in my childhood of being in the dark, you know, sanctuary. My my parents are rehearsing something and I'm coloring on the floor. Right, right. Um, Like church, being raised in church was very much um, that's my childhood. Yeah. And again, thankfully, it wasn't just the building. It was um, it was a faith that was in my home. So yeah. I had a very real relationship with the Lord. Starting at around age 10, I remember learning, starting to really get excited about truth in the Word and like actually walking with the Lord around 10. Yeah. And uh, my first job was at church. I got hired for the like the weeknight daycare that they had. Oh yeah. Yep. When I was fifteen, I had to get a petition signed or whatever right. to be allowed to work that early. Yeah. Um, and just about every job I've had, well, that's not true. A lot of my work, early work was was uh, working in the church. So I've seen a lot in yeah. the church. And what what you're specifically referring to 
was during my, my 20s, which I'm not going to say everybody goes through this, but I, I know I'm not the only one who has gone through this, where, yeah. um, where church becomes not the safe place that you were raised hoping it was and believing yeah. it was. Yeah, it's good. Where you find out that humans are part of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's very disillusioning and yeah. very disorienting. And it's really an important season of life. It's incredibly painful, but I, for me, it was really important for my faith to truly become my dedication to the Lord yeah. and not to a building yeah. and not to a leadership and not to a role that I was playing. Either. Yeah, really good. But truly pressing into God himself. So those days, I was at a, a large church with a large platform and a large screen. Yeah, right. And that is a da- that's a dangerous place to walk out your faith when you're yeah when you're young and you're you're still learning so much because you're immediately visible to a lot of people and if you're up there it's assumed that you are a certain level of maturity or leadership you know just by f- just by being up there yeah so by up there let's go back you sing I sing and yes. so you were on the worship team so what by platform when you say okay, yeah. you know this. We're not talking about the small church down on the corner that is looking for someone to lead no, worship. No, we're, tra- we're is... talking about jumbotron screens. Yeah. We're talking about a big church, a known, you know, a large place with a wide reach. And I was, I believe, 16. Mm-hmm. I, I started, I think, when I was 15 on the worship team in the students. And then when I was 16, I actually um, was put on the worship team in the adults ministry. Yeah. And I kind of did both. And that's where some of the disillusioning started, which I have to say before I go further into this, that is going to happen anywhere. Anywhere, absolutely. Any church that has humans in it. Right. And any person that is walking out their faith, there is always going to be a disillusioning. Yeah, it's good. It's just part of of things becoming real and working out. And I think the Lord is so kind to give us I want to say like a padding when we first start. Yeah. Like the floor is real soft when we first start walking with him. Right. And and we kind of he kind of lets us ease in, but that that sweetness makes it maybe even more jarring when when you see, "Oh, your people hurt each other." <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh. You still let people hurt each other, yeah. don't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a that's a hard thing. It is a hard thing. Yeah. It's a hard thing to see. And when you're hoping for something different, you you know, you, you come into this like reality of who God is yeah. and man falls so short yeah. repeatedly, yeah, including yourself. Right. And that's where if you have, uh, I shouldn't keep saying you, it, for me, I had put way too much of my feet on the ground of things man had made. Yeah, it's good. And things I had made yeah. instead of on the solid rock of God. It could be so many things that would cause that. For me, it was the the competitive spirit that can happen on a worship team. Yeah. Um, that first really, I found myself, you know, tallying up how many solos I had versus how many solos somebody else had. And I found myself comparing and never having an, you don't have accuracy when you're comparing to somebody else. Right. Because you're either going to come out looking too good or 
or too <laughs> too not good. <laughs> right, right. And so the identity piece, uh, I so very much had my identity in the role that I played in yep. in the church building. Yep. And for a while, that was great. Like it felt good, and you can do that for a while, but you can't do that forever. Right. And so then I left. Um, I left that place pretty disenfranchised pretty hurt and bitter and really truly thinking it was that place. Right. It was that place's fault and those people. Right. And if they had done it right, then I'd be okay. Yeah. And so I hesitantly went to another place. Yeah. Where, you know, I thought, well, it's going to be better here because I'm friends with this person and they're right. going to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, oh, you watch people hurt people again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you and I were together and we watched just... God's people hurting God's people. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that, that, that you acknowledge that. I think it's, it's actually a trap and really easy to fall into that place of blame and accusation to vilify. And it could be behavior or things that are pretty stupid and terrible. Right. So it doesn't justify you know, someone being a jerk, someone in leadership, not being honoring, someone not being loving, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. But my self-protection, it's easier for me to go and kind of frame them as the bad guy. And exactly. cast blame and be yeah. offended and be ticked off. And then I'm going to shore myself up in mm-hmm. self-righteousness and I'm going to go someplace oh, yeah. else. I w- and, if yeah. I would do it better. Yeah. I would do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we do that all the time. All the time. Like, all the time. Yeah. And so, and only sometimes are we right. Right. <laughs> I know, right. Well, and I think, too, you know, and I'm we're not going to go into details on the There's stuff no that need, happened. There's no need, because it could be any detail. Yeah, any I mean, detail. But in the place where we were at, and there were things that happened on the leadership level, and situations, and, you know, the other thing, too, is if there's a car accident, and there's 30 witnesses depending on where they're standing, they have a different oh, yeah. perspective and a different viewpoint. Totally. And you can interview all those witnesses and they may even have contradictory mm-hmm. testimony because of, of who's at were. fault. You know, was the light red or was it yellow? Mm-hmm. Was this person going too fast? No, actually this person was mm-hmm. going too fast. And it's really no different in relationship and, and in the church. And so, you know, we found ourselves in a situation where people that we loved were feeling hurt by one another and then hurt by the church and then hurt by, you know, the whole thing. And you're trying to navigate, you know, what truth is, right? And where's the love in the middle of it? And where's God in the middle? How can the church let And then you add in that your identity is tied into this. Yeah, absolutely. You can't have this healthy perspective. You are, this doesn't just mean something about the church. It means something about me and it means something about what I believe and it means something about God. And like, it's just this whole tangle. Yeah. And so for me, it was just like, ugh. And it, I'm only mentioning a couple things. I mean, it could have a grocery list of right of incidents where God's people were human because that's what they let you about. down. Yeah. They don't live up to expectations. Well, they're human. And so I so I left about as angry as a person can leave a place. Yeah. And they knew it. <laughs> I made sure. <laughs> and I remember um, that. I left my feet prints uh, firmly the sidewalk as I walked away um, because I was so, you know, so right. Hmm. I still think I was, but, <laughs> 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 but um, what was not right was 
how tied to my faith it was and how tied to how personally I took it. Yeah. Because, let's let's hold on a yeah. second. Let's go back a little bit because I'm glad you said that. So you're saying, but I was right, <laughs> right? And so that may sound like you still think you're right. You know what I mean? But So by that, we're saying, you know what? This didn't go down well. This no, was not it was handled right. It was done There's poorly. No question. And that could be said for so many parties exactly. involved. But in that moment, the level of like betrayal you personally exactly. felt, right. the level of violation and injustice that mm-hmm. you personally took on, mm-hmm. the pain of people you loved being mm-hmm. hurt and how you kind of wore that. Yeah. And then that started informing this next season that you went into. And right. So from there, I left church, the big C, mm-hmm. for six years. Yeah. So here I am. I have no problem with God. I have a deep faith and a deep walk with him. But I'm at, at that point I was like, I'm done with your bride. Like, yeah. That's it. Like I don't want to do that. I don't yeah. want to look anything like that or be anything like that, so I'm done. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking in my in my process. That's where I was. And thank the Lord for journeys because that's where I was at the time. Yeah. And he let me be there. He let yeah. me be there. And I spent the next six years. I moved out of state. And yeah. I spent the next six years pressing into God, being pretty angry, but also um, exploring that. And, like, yeah. and letting God help me explore it. Yeah. And not shutting myself down and going, well, I shouldn't be angry or I shouldn't, you know, I let him work me through healing. Yeah. And it was here in Texas. I remember thinking, you know, Lord, we're doing pretty good. Me and you. (laughs) We're doing really good. Look at us. Look. Love, joy, peace, patience. I got all that stuff. Yeah. We're doing great. And he was like, you have no context. Like, I remember very vividly this moment of really feeling kind of prideful about how great I was doing out there on my own and him going, what what is patience if you're the only one you're being patient with? What is that? (laughs) That's awesome. And so So it was a jarring moment and a humbling moment. Yeah. And going, and he's like, faithfulness? What's that when you're all by yourself? Right. I didn't call you to be all by yourself. Yeah. And what I heard him say very clearly was, you cannot love me and scorn my bride. Ooh. Ouch. That's good. And that was, whew, that was a kick in the stomach a little bit in a very good way. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to, I don't want to breeze past this because, and maybe not, correct me if I'm wrong. I was there. Right. When you stomped away. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you were in the area before you moved to Texas. So I, you know, I was there and saw and was with you with some of this. And even to the get to the journey of, hey, Lord, you and I are doing pretty good. Mm -hmm. You weren't there immediately. No, no, no. Like you were, you had to go on a journey with even wrestling through your anger with God because it wasn't just about his bride. It was like you let your kids do this. And so, you know, even that journey there was there was toil and hurt and wrestling that you had to do with the lord to even get to the place where you're isolated going hey you and me were good no you're right 
That's absolutely true. So let's go back to that. Uh, Because I was focusing on the church journey, but absolutely. So I am highly empathetic. Yeah. Which is a miserable thing to be. (laughs) 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 Um, Literally, I can't watch a movie without feeling. I mean, it's really hard. I have to be careful what I watch anymore because it can wreck me for days. (laughs) Fictional characters. Um, But I'm highly empathetic and... I think for for most who are like me in that way, there is an element of truly, truly believing that you care more about people than God does. It's mm, good. And you would never say that or even maybe have the thought, the cognitive thought of that. Yeah. But there's this distrust that God is going to take care of people as well as you would. Mm, that's really good. And that is something I have thought through my whole life. Yeah. Because, um, oh man, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. So, and how? I just want to thank you for even verbalizing that, because I think a lot of people, even who aren't as empathetic, struggle with that. Yeah, or can you yeah, know? absolutely. No, it's a big deal. But I mean, I look at people who I love, who are when I pull up their scorecard, they deserve a better life than you've offered them. Mm. So let me do these things to make up for what you did not do. Yeah, that's good. And as soon as we start doing that, and that's what I was doing then, we put God below us. We don't even realize we're doing it in the name of compassion. Yeah. We raise ourselves above God in the name of compassion. Yeah. And what that is a red flag for, like if that resonates with somebody, that means that you do not understand who God is. Yeah. Not really. Mm, because, or that, or at least that you don't trust him. Yeah. I mean, I maybe would not have known that that's what that was, yeah. but that is a fruit of not trusting God. Yeah. And getting to a place where you're leaning into him for realizing he's providing, he's restoring, he's redeeming and he's yeah. doing it on his timeline yeah. is a very difficult thing to do for someone who has a heightened sense of justice and compassion. Yeah, so good. And it gets us in a lot of trouble it because really we does. try to take the reins and we try to make it happen and it backfires and then more people are hurt and we're the ones that did it this time. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. Yeah. And so I've learned that the hard way yeah. over and over and over again. So good. I'm learning it as I speak right yeah. now. I'm relearning it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's an ongoing journey, it is. Right, right? And it is. and I think the hard thing in that space too is God is loving and good. He doesn't need to explain himself. Like he is moving, he is redeeming, he's all this stuff and there's he's not obligated. <laughs> no, it's true. to explain it all to us. Yeah. And my belief, resentment or affirmation of his movement doesn't change the truth and the reality that he is right so another piece of the puzzle for me in this story is during this same period of time i left home to take care of a sick family member who was dying of a brain tumor and i took care of her and and um was part of her uh around the clock care team basically till she passed away or almost till she passed away hospice came in and she was young and she was innocent and yeah. it wasn't fair. Yeah. And so that was, I remember uh, one night just, they lived out in an orchard and I ran out into the orchard and just buried my face in the dirt 
and screamed at the top of my lungs and said, how can you be good? Hmm. And he said, if I'm good, are you willing? Hmm. Is what I heard him say. Hmm. And it took those years to work out the answer to that question. It was good. I did not know how to answer in that moment. And I actually, I was feeling unreasonable. Like I can't just keep faithing, like, like muscling my faith. Yeah. Just because like we say, God's good when good stuff happens. And if bad stuff happens, that's the devil. And it's like, okay, that feels real contrived. Um, that doesn't feel real to me and I'm a four. So if anything smacks of not being real, I'm done. Like I'm out. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's for you. Enneagrammers out there. (laughs) Um, and what I realized I was doing as, you know, again, walking through the shadow of doubt is the only way to get beyond the shadow of doubt. Mm, It's good. So never resent the journey through that Mm. because that's where you get on the other side of it. So that journey through that for me was part of realizing I've been rating what I see as the actions of God on my scale of good. Mm-hmm. So like, here's my scale from zero to 10 and everything God does and everything his church does, I'm putting on my scale. Yep. And it's like, are you good? I'm going to average it out at the end of the day. Right. And what a limited, poor mm-hmm. example, because my definition of good changes yeah all the time all the time depending on what information i'm in on yeah and what i've read today or what yep. the weather's like or you know i mean it's yeah. changing all the time and then it struck me that god is not landing on a scale he is the scale yeah <laughs> it's good he is setting the spectrum right so he it was coming to a place of letting him set the spectrum. Theory of relativity <laughs> was I tried to approach my faith intellectually. Yeah. And I know you don't have to abandon intellect to be a person of faith. But you can't only be a person of intellect. Mm. Yeah. Because the spirit is such an involved part. Yeah, it's good. And I tried to read the Bible intellectually and it literally stopped making sense to me. Hmm. syntax it was it was like i was reading in another language and i remember one night actually throwing my bible across the room because it was so Hmm. weird it was freaking me out (laughs) that it didn't make sense to me all of a sudden this book that had been comfort and this book that had been all these things to me and i had shut that down for the desire to be truly authentic and to not let those things you know be false in me yeah so i'm going to take it from a totally intellectual you can't do that your right. spirit is what yep. it's a spiritual book. Yeah. And so I just love science. And what brought me back really into a like, okay, okay, with God. Like a, okay, this yeah. makes sense in the fact that it doesn't make sense. Right? <laughs> right. Was actually Einstein's theory of relativity. That's so, awesome. <laughs> God and science are never going to disagree, not yeah. in reality. Yeah. There's always 
um, there's always a missing piece if they look like they disagree and, or there's always something that's been misinterpreted. And so, um, it is not, you do not have to abandon your brain to believe in God. You do not have to abandon scientific evidence to believe in God. They always go together. And it's so fun to me to discover those things. Yeah. Anyway, the theory of relativity was this moment of going, you know, if, if the speed of light is impossible, mm-hmm. if mass can never actually reach the speed of light, and yet we live by it every day, yeah. then science tells me there's more mm-hmm. that the impossible is actually what we live by. It's mm, good. Science tells me that. Yeah. And the other piece was um, C.S. Lewis's A Grief Observed. Hmm. That book is him walking through the loss of his wife and being very real and very authentic about questioning God. Yeah. And it's almost scary to like be like, are we allowed to question God this way? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, totally. That's the way we get to real things. As long as you don't, you're not supposed to set up camp in the shadow of doubt. Right. You have to keep walking through it. Um, and so just hearing his journey of let's investigate. Could God be, could God not exist? Let's yeah. investigate that. Yeah. And so he kind of goes through that. Anyway, those are the things, and that could be a whole other podcast, but those are the things that brought me back to my everyday walk with the Lord before we had the <laughs> encounter Yeah, so, of, those, so those are the things that brought you to that place where you alone, staying protected in your little bubble, which yeah. is you and God. It's like, okay, God, you and I, we're good now, but I'm going to yeah. still stay away from the those people those over people. there, mm-hmm. your bride. I want nothing to do with that because we're fine. Yeah. And then that it is in that context mm-hmm. that God says, you can't love me and not love my bride. Yep. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. Darn Ouch. Me. Okay. <laughs> and so I'm here in Texas and I'm like, okay. So I start going to every tiny church I can find. Because what I'm thinking is, if I don't want that that happened back there to happen again, I need to find the opposite of what that looked like. Yeah. And that's not true. <laughs> that's just not true. So the thing is, I think the point all of that. Like I'm here at Gateway now and I really have never been in in a healthier place than this place is, but it's still humans and they still hurt each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like the point of all of that journey is coming to a place of realizing that God has figured out how to love humans, even as they are human. Mm, It's good. And we have to get there too. Yeah. Or at least trust him in the meantime. Yeah, it's good. There is a a desire to see us represent him well to this world. Yeah. And that is a holy desire. Mm-hmm. That is a Christ heart desire. Yeah. And when he's not represented well to this world or to us, it is devastating on a whole different level. Yeah. We are not him. It's good. And I think we make the mistake of we want grace for the broken. We want grace for the people outside, you know, outside of the church. Yeah. And we forget that we also need grace for each other. And that even goes for in this position of being wounded, of yeah. having grace for the people I think are wounding other people. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's the same. And so this this washing of grace and realizing we're not going to get it right. We just have to keep trying. We can't yeah. give up. Yeah, Don't good. grow weary in, in mm. the pursuit. Don't grow weary. 
Yeah. In doing what is right. Yeah. Because in due time, that's the harvest is in God's time as he's working out. He's letting us work out our faith and fear and trembling. Yeah. And that has to do, that also has to do within the context of one another. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. Um, I remember when you first started coming to Gateway because we would talk on the phone periodically. And one of the things I really appreciated and respected about Gateway was that they really, because, you know, again, like you just mentioned, even Gateway, it's that probably the healthiest place you've been, and it's still their stuff. Yep. But part I can of, storm out here, too. Yeah. You can <laughs> no, storm right. out of anywhere. You can storm out anywhere. But I think <laughs> the reason why it's even so one of the healthiest places mm-hmm. or probably the healthiest place you've been is I remember in the very beginning, like for you even to consider serving you needed to go through a process like like a lot of churches have a you know membership process Mm -hmm. or a process Mm -hmm. where you discipleship process where you become a part of the church you learn the basics of faith and this and the other but they had a whole part of that process that was you reconciling any baggage that you had from old churches and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing because they required you to go to examine yourself and go, how did you leave the last place? How did you leave the last place? And 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 then they required us to go back to it, at least in communication and clean up. To make sure we left well. Yeah. And that was huge. Yeah. And that was so healing. I don't know that I would have done that had I not been prompted. Right. That was hugely healing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you wrote some letters I and did. stuff, and then I remember you flying out for a visit, and uh-huh. we walked into yeah. one of those places that, Where you know, so there much was, pain was so much that, pain, yeah. and I remember sitting next to you during worship, and you just wept through all of I, worship. Yeah. And it was because you were like, I'm free of this. Like, yeah. I'm okay. Like, I'm actually, I've released this person, this place. I'm yeah. actually free of this, you know? Um, and... That was, I just have so much respect for the leadership recognizing how significant that is. Crucial. Crucial. And really set you up to be able to build the future ministry that God had for you on solid ground rather than the pile of your trauma and your offense. Yeah. And a lot of people do that they shake Mm -hmm. their dust off of a place Mm -hmm. and they just go yeah you know don't deal with it and they avoid it and they go and there are places that you can't go back to yeah i was very lucky or blessed or however you want to put it yeah that i could go and and find a redemption point in those places um there are places where you can't do i mean you may yeah you know what i mean i just want to acknowledge that absolutely there are some places you really truly shake the dust off your feet and you don't go back. <laughs> right, right, right. But you can in your heart. Like, you can release those things, yeah. even if you can't in communication. Yeah. It's about... Yeah, it's a, it is. It's about the condition of your heart, right? right. It's about um, surrendering. It's about repentance. It's yeah. about forgiveness. It's about letting go of offense. It's about letting go of control. It's about all those things. I think, like, the whole package <laughs> that of what we're talking about is coming to a place of allowing humans to be humans Mm -hmm. and remembering that you're on a journey and you're working out your faith and fear and trembling. And it's so easy to assume 
that because so-and-so is in a leadership position or led this small group or sings this song, that they're at the end of their journey Mm, and that they've arrived there. Yeah. And so everything they do really ought to reflect God and be Mm -hmm. perfect. And they're on a journey too. Yeah. Realizing that not only does God love us in that and love them, whoever them is in Mm -hmm. that, but he uses it. Yeah. If we let him, if we yeah. let him. Yeah. And that was part of, you know, coming here. I, um, I did not want to come to this place cause it, it looked like the old places. They had the big screen and somehow yeah. for some reason to me, that big screen was the problem. Yeah. People got too big mm-hmm. on that camera and I didn't want to be on that screen and I didn't want anybody else being on that screen either. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it looked too too similar, so I didn't want to be here. And I remember um, sitting in service. The Lord tricked me into coming here, actually, because I, I had been talking about him to a friend at work. And she was like, I want to go to church with you. And I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, where do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, how about that gateway place? And I'm like, in my head, I'm going, that's the one place I'm not going. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't. That's not going to be a great testimony moment. Uh, Okay. Okay. Gateway. Yeah. Let's go there. And she didn't end up showing up. Really? (laughs) That's, I didn't know. (laughs) So I'm sitting there in the service and I am so uncomfortable Hmm. because everything inside of me wants to jump for joy. Oh, that's awesome. Like um, Zach Neese was leading worship. Didn't know him then, obviously. Know him now. And I'm sitting there, and my heart and my spirit were like, this, this, let's, we can go here. We can go, mm-hmm. you know, we can, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, like, meaning we can go to this place that they're going. Like, let's go. Yeah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> this is not it. I can't. And I, I literally grabbed the seat. Against all of my principles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I no. grabbed the seat underneath me, and I'm, like, white-knuckling it. Like, I will not engage in this moment. Hmm. And then going, like, and like, so quickly going, oh, Lord, I am so sorry. What yeah. have I done? Hmm. What have I done that I would scorn this expression hmm. and not want to engage in it hmm. and not want to be swept away in it, that I would doubt it and question it and be more comfortable pulling away than hmm. diving in? Like, yeah, I'm so, well, how did I get here? Yeah. It was just like, how did I get here moment? And, and I just let myself go. Mm. And I've been here ever since. Wow. And I remember soon after um, I came on a day that there was no service. I just wanted to be in the building and pray. And they didn't have a prayer room, so I went in the nursing mother's room. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even think you were supposed to be in there at all. I mean, the, the building was empty except for, you know, facilities. And I just went to pray and... Just ask the Lord, is this really where, is this right? Because I'm so scared. I'm so mm. scared. Mm. And he is like, don't be scared. <laughs> just, just come be with me. Yeah. You know, like we make it so hard sometimes <laughs> right. in our desire for everything to be yeah. what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think there's so much freedom. Yeah. There's so much release in realizing it's not going to be on this side of earth. And it, and it, that's a hard thing for someone with a, 
heightened sense of justice and a heightened compassion and empathy. It's a hard, or, and maybe others too. I'm just speaking from who I am. It's a hard thing to, to really be okay with saying, they're going to get it wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. And God's still going to use it. And he's yeah. still going to use me. Mm, and it doesn't good. mean I endorse that. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean, you know, the the view of Christianity today in the world doesn't mean I want that put on me. Like I almost yeah. hate that label because of what it means now. Yeah. I don't it doesn't mean I'm okay with all that. Right. But it means that I recognize that God is sovereign, not in that he controls humans like robots. Yeah. Which means they're going to keep hurting each other. Right. But, but in that he will use it. He will bring it around, and he does every time. He's a redeemer. He's a redeemer. Yeah. That is what he does. Yeah. He wouldn't need to redeem if he controlled. Yeah, it's good. He has to let us make those calls. Yeah. And I don't think he likes them a lot of the time. <laughs> but he'll yeah, use... it's true. He'll use what, he, what we give him yeah. and what we let him use. Yeah, it's good. It's so good. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, it is. No, it's awesome. There's a relief in it when you yeah. can get to that place. And that's yeah. that's where I am now, I think. I mean, yeah, it's still a journey. Of I'm course. Still, I still get, come on. Come on, people. Yeah. Can you just love? Can you just yeah. be like Jesus for a yeah. minute and yeah. let that be what's seen? Yeah. And it's hard. And, and what's hard is there. that is happening all over the place. Yep. The enemy doesn't let it be seen a right. lot of the time. Yeah. But it's happening all over the place. Yeah. It's good. People are being awesome yeah. a lot in the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because they're obedient to yeah. who we, who we asked them to be. It's good. I love that. And I love um, you know, I love testimonies because you can't it's, argue with a testimony. You can't argue with a testimony, <laughs> but you also, it's just such a beautiful demonstration about God's love, like his intimate, gentle, mm-hmm. pursuing love, his patience, Yeah, him meeting you in Einstein's theory of relativity. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like he knows, he knit you together. Right. He knows, he made you. He knows what, um, what. Uh, triggers you he knows what entices you Mm -hmm. he knows what delights you he knows what scares you and he's going to meet you in those places is funny somewhat unrelated but a demonstration of that we were talking about um god speaking and confirmation about things and and prophetic things and there's a lot of prophetic here at gateway Mm -hmm. where um, the gifts are at work and and someone in leadership, I think, came up to you and said that he was praying for you and had a word for you, mm-hmm. but he didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And the day before, you were talking about how much you love math and you love formulas. You had to tell that story. Okay. I love this. Yeah, I had I had just the day before taken my niece to breakfast, just the two of us, and we were talking. And um, she's so cool, and it was so fun. But we were talking. I was asked her what her favorite, you know, what she's loving in school right now. And she said math. And I was like, oh, we're cut from the same cloth. You know that not everybody loves math. Like, Yeah, that, I don't. That geekifies you in a heartbeat. So, so, so does. Um, <laughs> but I love math and I love formulas. And she hadn't gotten to formulas yet in school. And I was like, oh, just wait till you start geometry and like 
all these equations and formulas. It's so cool. Well, the next, that next day I was up on worship team and um, Tim Shepard, one of our pastors here, amazing man. He said, the Lord had given him a, a word for me. And he said, and I had to look it up because I'm not a math person, but the word was L minus M equals xyz to the third power l minus x x oh i did you that always again. say m i think because your husband is My, mark yes. so you always like l and m <laughs> l minus x equals xyz to the third power and the minute he said it i knew exactly what it meant <laughs> and that is how good god is that is yeah, how so custom good. and yeah intimate and personal god is yeah i mean the faithfulness of God does not usually look like I think it's going to look like. It's mm, good. The faithfulness of God comes from when I dig down into my gut and soul and I pull out these shattered pieces and this like gooey tar mm-hmm. substance mm-hmm. and this stuff that no one would want and I plop it on the table and I'm like, bleh. <laughs> and he says, oh yeah, I know exactly what to do with that. It's mm, good. That's the faithfulness of God. And it takes some time sometimes. It takes a painful amount of time. And sometimes, you know, when you ask God for something, you don't realize what all he's going to take you through to get to that promise. Mm, yeah. We just have been working on um, an instrumental album here at Gateway Um and it's the desire has been to create these atmosphere songs that in personal quiet time or during a group prayer time or um, that people would have a soundtrack to do that too. And so these we're going to hopefully do a series of these atmosphere albums, but this one in particular was focused on waiting. Hmm. And the band um, that worked on it, they really, really leaned into prayer um, and into that, like waiting on God, waiting on his voice, waiting on his promise. Yeah. And, and so each of the tracks kind of digs into a different area of that. And we also wrote a devotional to go with it. So there's a devotional to go with each song. And it has caused me to really dig into this, like yeah. waiting on the Lord. And yeah. um, the fulfillment, so I feel like, so much of when we question God is when we're in between the promise yeah. and the promised land. Yeah, it's good. And he, he, we know he gave, spoke a promise, mm-hmm. but we're in this like 40 years in the wilderness Yeah, and going, what on earth is going, what did I do wrong? Yeah. What have I missed? Maybe he didn't say it to begin with. I mean, you yep. start to really, yep. it starts to pull you apart a little bit and there's a freedom and a release and it doesn't always take the pain away. But when you realize I'm not waiting for him to start moving, he has been Yeah. this whole, I mean, the, the Israelites, the, that wandering was with purpose. It was yeah. not aimless. Yeah. It looked aimless mm-hmm. and it felt aimless, but there was a training going on that they didn't even realize. Yeah. So that they could stand in the promise, yep. so that they could yep. manage the promise. Yep. God knew exactly what He was doing. He was yep. not punishing or waiting for yeah. them. Yeah. He was doing exactly what He knew needed to happen. And yes, there are times when decisions we make 
change the course and we have to take even longer to get there because yeah. we're still, we still have free will. Totally. I, I do see that, but ultimately he's getting us to the right place yeah. at the right time as we surrender and let him do it. Yeah. And so good. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like Jeremiah 29, 11. Like we all know that we right. have that written everywhere. If right. I know the plans that I have for you, mm-hmm. says the Lord, you know, to prosper you, not to harm you, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we discard verses one through 10, which is that Israel is in cap is captive. Right. They're in Babylon. They have false prophets saying, God's going to deliver you any moment now. He's right. going to deliver us. That's saying what everybody wants them to say. Exactly what they want to hear. And then God says to Jeremiah, no, you tell my people mm-hmm. you're going to be in captivity and you, it's going to be 70 years. And, I want you to plant vineyards and I want you to live here. I want you to marry your, you know, your kids to marry and give in marriage. And, and as you prosper, the land will prosper. And I am going to deliver you, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a while for, I know the plans that I have for you says the Lord. Right. You know, and it's that we, we don't have patience for, or willingness to receive that, that period of, of waiting and that time in the desert. And, and the enemy gets us so tied up in looking for the deliverance that we miss the provision that's in that place. Right. You know, we miss and the, and it's how funny, he's sustaining how in the he's of sustaining. It. And and I, I've said this before in the podcast, I'll say it again. It's like we we long for the the land flowing with milk and honey, but the land flowing with milk and honey doesn't have the miracles that the desert has. Ooh. Dang. You know, it's in the desert that man is coming from Dang heaven Gina. that there's a <laughs> pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day and our clothes and shoes aren't wearing out and it's absolute dependence yeah and i can get so caught up here wishing so much i wasn't here yeah and longing so much for anything but this that i'm missing miss what he's doing i'm missing what he's doing and that's i just i you know at 52 years old (sighs) walking with jesus for 40 years is still like Oh, you know, you constantly have to pull your heart back to that place of, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to, you know, I want to be present. I want to see. I want to be with you. I want to be surrendered yeah. to you. I, I mean, our, with you. our spirits are, we were designed for heaven. Yeah. And so the tension of this place is real. Dude. Our so spirits real. were made for intimate community with God. Yeah. And we squandered that not god you know yeah um but he how gracious and kind to make a way back um i think for me again going back to that first thing we talked about with that like obviously i care more about these people than you do lord (laughs) obviously i would do a better job taking care of these people Mm. whoever my select group of people might be at the time (laughs) Um, I think when, when I've been in that place, it's a limited perspective. Yeah. It comes from a very small, an innocent perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's shameful to, right. to feel that way. I don't think the Lord yeah. is angry about that. Mm, it's good. He knows where we are. He knows the perspective. Yeah. He, that's why he came was so he could know that perspective. Yeah. And, um, you can't think that way after you've played out what it would mean to do it in a different way. It's mm, good. So like, okay, God, I want you to make all of these people happy. 
you know, and I think I love Bruce Almighty because it kind of gives <laughs> a moment of that, even though it's like to an extreme. Yeah. But there's really no way for God to do all we think he should do and man still have free will. Yeah, it's good. And then he becomes the puppet master everybody accuses him of being anyway. Yeah. You know, that we don't want him to be that either. Yeah. So um, I think when you realize and when you play it out in your mind, if he did these things, what are the implications of that? Mm, It's good. And the truth is only God knows. Yeah. He knows exactly. Like, I mean, if he gave that person that blessing that you want him to give them or that healing even at that time, only he knows the implications of that. Only yeah. he knows what needs to set up before he can do that. Yeah. Or what all that, you know what I mean? And putting God back where he belongs and stepping back from saying, obviously I know better, which none of us say. Like none of us actually would say those words. But you have to kind of somewhere in you think that to be mad at him for not doing what you think he should do. Yeah. And putting him back where he belongs, back on the throne back on sovereignty and Mm. just simply saying you know more than I do how can I help you do what needs to be done Mm, how can I be part of the solution yeah here's the stick in my hand it's all I have yeah here's the broken gross stuff inside me this is all I have can you use it yeah right you have a plan. You have a design. You're going somewhere. I want to go where you're going. Yeah. I don't want you going where I'm going because I'm not even sure where that is anymore. Yeah. So what can I do? Yeah. You know? So good. It's hard. It's like an everyday. That's surrender. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's also really freeing. Yeah. It's good. Love you. I love you. Like a lot. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for letting me. Well, before we move on, I just want to take a moment. And if you are in that place of hurt, maybe you have trauma, bitterness, offense, unforgiveness and I think some of those words can come across as accusation like you've done something wrong when the reality is that something wrong was done to you or in front of you or around you those things aren't justified those things aren't right but those things also are not representative of God's love for you the truth of his character the depth of his love the enormity of his kindness and his capacity to bring healing and freedom. So would you consider bringing those things to him? 
he is the safest place to go with those things. And the repercussions of carrying the weight of those hurts can seep into so many areas of our life, our spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical health and well-being. So just take a moment to maybe begin the journey and receive the invitation to let him into those places. So Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. Holy Spirit, come. Would you reveal those areas of hurt, distrust, those areas of pain? And Father, would you speak your healing, your love, your presence over, in, and through those moments of disappointment and hurt. Holy Spirit, would you bring healing? Jesus, you died for us, for our brokenness. You redeem lost things. You make beauty for ashes. You open prison doors to those who are captive. You bring comfort for mourning. So Lord, do what only you can do, we ask. And Father, would you speak your love and your presence and bring hope and restoration in Jesus name Amen I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sacred Space Podcast and that you are encouraged and if you find yourself in this place I want to pray for you we want to support you I want to get you connected with resources and things that will bring healing and hope and encouragement so please reach out to us you can click the link in the episode notes send us an email visit our website uh, but communicate let us know where you're at let us know how we can be praying for you If you want to help support the production of this podcast and other projects by Stockton Ministries, you can make a tax-deductible donation by clicking the link in the episode notes or going to StocktonMinistries.com and clicking the Donate button in the top right-hand corner. You can also find uh, Dwell Meditations, the Dwell Journal, uh, sign up for prayer class, and a lot of other things. So visit us. And hey, if you haven't, would you rate and review us on iTunes or whatever app that you're listening to us on. That would be really awesome. And also share this with your friends. If this episode was encouraging to you, send it to a friend, post it on your Instagram, tag us, uh, let us know that you're listening and let us know what God's doing in and through you and through the Sacred Space podcast. Have a great week and we'll see you next time in the Sacred Space.